Hello, welcome to episode 160 of Riot Act, the alternative music podcast. My name's Stephen Hill. I'm joined as ever by Renfrey Deadman in the house. Renfrey. Hello. How are you? I'm all right. I am in a house uh, and I am generally okay. I feel like I've lo- listened to a lot of music this week. Ooh, haven't you just? Mm. Haven't we just? Um, and that's even without you having to listen to the new, well, not having to, but wanting to listen to the the new Jerry Cantrell album. Mm. Mention it. Mm. Spoke, to, spoke to Jerry Cantrell last night. Very nice. Had a right laugh. Yes, had I, a right laugh. I bet you we did. Do have, we do have our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. We recorded a special um, right ears review on the self-titled Alice Chains album yesterday. And then later on, I spoke to Jerry Cantrell. Yeah, it was it was a nice moment of serendipity. Absolutely, it yeah. was. And he told me some stuff about that that record, which is not in our podcast. Oh, what? Um, which is a bit of a bummer. Uh, anyway, but well, we'll talk about that another time, if you like. Yes, please. Um, yeah, it was good. So that's our Patreon page, by the way. Thanks very much for everyone who's who signed up. Someone actually tweeted us this morning that they signed up again. Thank you for doing oh, that. You should you do that much. as well. Patreon.com forward slash right act podcast. Alison Chains, heck, we are going to do a... One day we'll do another classic album. Yes, yes, yes. I'm staring at you, <laughs> giving you daggers, Renfrey. Yeah. This has been going on a bit now. Uh, I mean, Kanye West releasing a double album, which is almost two hours, kind of uh, threw me a little bit this week, to be totally honest with you. Not just you. Uh, <laughs> through, through everyone, I think. Um, and that being added on top of uh, Iron Maiden's new double album, it just felt a little bit uh, chaotic this week. We should say, but since you've ruined that now, we should say, <laughs> spoiler alert, we are reviewing new music this week from Iron Maiden, The Wild Hearts, Bocassa and Kanye West and the Problematic Orchestra. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's what we're doing. Um, yes, go on. Sorry, you were saying Slipknot. Uh, that will be the next special. That will be the next special. Slipknot. Yeah. Yes. Volume three is something. The next. The next thing. We did have plenty of other things that we could have spoken about this week. I think Alt London. We were going to talk about. It's going to be quite a long show. I'm just going to front that up straight away. It's quite a lot to talk about within the review. So we were going to talk about Alt London, which neither of us went to, but we did watch the dumpster fire uh, of what was happening to that festival on Twitter, and we were kind of quite interested in potentially chatting about that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought. I'd chuck it in there it seemed like it went off in the end it seemed like it happened it happened it happened albeit in a way that some people weren't happy with but yeah what i will say rather than talk about that now i will ask if anyone went and has any experiences that they'd like to share please do contact us and we might do it next week we'll see that might be worth investigating if there are actual on the ground reports from it Mm. yeah because obviously it's a brand new festival Mm. um trying to start up in i'd say pretty in all like awkward difficult circumstances oh yeah to say the least and you know a lot of its artists pulled out because they are not very good artists basically <laughs> let's just be let's just <laughs> like a not very good looking festival uh they you know they maybe they would regret kicking the word off the bill now <laughs> because that was one of the bigger artists that they had and they got rid of them because all the little artists said we well, don't want to play with him and then the little artists pulled out yeah well some of them did yeah <laughs> like, i mean so I, if i thought london i'd be like motherfuckers you didn't play anyway you bastards. <laughs> uh but anyway, yeah. architects played architects got a full 35 minutes long set for their <laughs> 35 minutes and they had fucking out well they, they were mad. originally due to be headlining so i mean a lot Second of people... stage yeah but i still think they were due to get a headline set 
so I was under the impression they were due to get, you know, an hour, an hour and a half, however long the headline sets are, but they had to truncate mm -hmm. it massively from speaking okay. to someone who works closely with them. So, yeah. Bit of a rough thing putting that on the same weekend as Reading, I have to say. Oh, that's, yeah. Uh, Reading and Leeds, that's a bit of a mad thing to do, I would say. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there we go. Who mm. knows what will happen next year with Alt London. If anyone wants to chat to us about it, then uh, if you were there, then give us a shout. Um, downloaded, just announced a load of bands, and there's a sort of thing happening. Uh, what it's called, well, there's not a thing happening. Download 2022 is happening. They've announced <laughs> a load of bands and day spits and stuff. Great to see Wargasm being the only band from the download pilot who have been asked back to play on the main stage. That feels like the most deserving band to uh to get put back on the main stage i mean mm. i want to continually every week give wargasm a kick in but you know the stuff we were saying i think that's kind of proof right that's proof that they're the only band from who played the entirety of the download pilot who have been asked back to play the main stage bleed from within are below obituary dying fetus and sepulture on the fourth stage even though they're one place below wargasm who still haven't got an album out uh, <laughs> uh, 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 that one. I mean, will they even have one out when they get there in 2022? Who knows? Yeah, but um, but it's yeah. not it's not so, nepotism in any way. No, no, form. no, no, no. They've they've earned that. Oh God, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I feel for Bush. You have to go on after Code Orange on the second stage. Oh, I didn't notice that. Now we do <laughs> like a bit of Bush uh, and the band. Love. <laughs> hey, um, yeah. but yeah, that's that's gonna be tough. <laughs> yeah just want to quickly say i went to see voices on sunday at the black heart in camden ah how was that And they were fucking brilliant absolutely brilliant like really really great really great um it's the first gig i've been to where it's just a gig where you can stand and people were there and you were milling around and it was indoors obviously i've been to bloodstock and download so i have got a bit of experience with that but in terms of a gig being indoors yeah and not being seated or at a table like we had at the Signature Brew mm -hmm. shows with Puppy. And, and I I mean, I'm a casual listener of, of voices. I don't really listen to them very much. I think I've seen them once before. I don't know much about them. Can you describe what they are and what they do? Oh, it's oh, kind of psychedelic, gothy, post-punk inflected black metal. Okay, that sounds intriguing yeah it's a really cool odd mix of nasty discordant sounding blast beats and tremolo picking and white noise with piano parts and really kind of haunted post-punky bass lines really kind of metallic kind of industrial sounding as well um all kind of decked all bathed in blue like dark blue light they've got that kind of cult of Luna thing you know when you see cult of Luna mm. or aim and ra and you're like i can see some sort of shadowy figures but i can't actually see who's doing yeah. what yeah, yeah yeah um and the dude's voice i think the dude's called peter benjamin i think he's the singer um in voices and his voice is blood-curdlingly frightening um and they played a new song at the end, which suggests that their new record that's coming out, I think coming out at some point this year, is going to be another great metal record for 2021. Which oh, is a new, fantastic. You know, metal's in a good place. And I thought, yeah, I thought they were really a, a bit of me. And I was only, I'd sort of heard the so a song here and there, and I was sort of aware of them 
cool. It must be about 2012 time when they first came out. And I know they had kind of links to Akakoka. So I was at least sort of intrigued okay. enough to be like, oh, I should listen to that band. But I've never really paid proper attention to them. I think London, they've got an album called London. I yeah. think that was the one that I listened to a bit. 2014, and, um, by the looks of 2014, this. yeah. And I remember that coming out and people being like, oh, that's really, really weird and really cool. But um, uh, yeah, but I went to see them and I was heartily impressed heartily impressed it was really good nice really really good cool so i just thought i'd give them a quick shout out before we get into what is going to be quite a long review section which well, not to make it too much longer but if you've mentioned them should i quickly mention idols at um prism in kingston last thursday yeah mm. oh yeah 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 do um just to, just because again i think it was the same time that i'd been to a proper gig um again so it was all like very very full absolutely full to the rafters actually and just a really brilliant brilliant show um i have to say the material from ultra mono that i was a little bit not concerned about because i preferred that album to you but i thought it might be a bit of a step down it all sort of it went into the set perfectly it sounded just as good as the old material um they started with war um and joe talbot just clearly just so i mean all all five of them were clearly absolutely delighted to be back at shows again i think this was their first show back but joe talbot was just the presence that he has on stage we've talked about it with um he was just sort of staring at people and staring directly at them at points you know that, that kind of Eddie better thing that we've talked about he really does have an incredible command of an audience when he's upstage there an incredible presence like really really amazing i think this is the second time i've seen idols now and i'd forgotten how good a live band they are and i'd forgotten how raucous they sound live and how like i mean the the i was kind of evoking stuff like the stooges and stuff like that when i was listening to them you know like it's very kind of or even the stranglers and stuff there's it's a very old school kind of punk vibe to it but it is very much a punk vibe and it's very very i mean the place just went off and it was a really 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 incredible night and um i've heard some very exciting things about idol's future um i'm not really allowed to talk about it but they have not been idle hey during during (laughs) during the lockdown yeah uh and there's some exciting things to come um but yeah absolutely fantastic they were brilliant brilliant great good to know right well should we get into the reviews then Renfrey? yeah we'd better let's get into the reviews and there is only one place that we can start bocassa um no not really uh obviously (laughs) (laughs) here we go then donda by kanye west the 10th studio album from well Kanye West and the follow-up to 2019's Jesus is Born album which is a record which I have to confess I never bothered with to be honest um I know it's a kind of gospely thing for whatever reason just sort of passed me by the context surrounding this record is a a fucking nightmare basically <laughs> let's be honest least, yeah it is a fucking bloody nightmare there is so much that we need to talk about before we even get to the record itself which as you said Renfrey is 27 tracks one hour and 48 minutes long to me the context of this record is incredibly important um including some fairly difficult problematic characters that appear on the record now we are going to review the record 
we are obviously going to talk about the context surrounding the record as i've already just said but we are going to review the record because we've made a choice to review it we said that we were going to review it as as the weeks led up every week we were like oh it might come out this week we'll have to review it oh it might come out this week we'll have to review it we knew very little about it this has been teased for god knows how long it's been we've been <laughs> being told for about a month it's going to be out on friday it's going to be out the next friday it's going to be out it's going to be out there have been stadiums full of people listening to it there have been streams on the internet of kanye and his contributors listening to the record um some people think that's cool some people think the release of this record is really cool i've spoken to a couple of people like oh it's been a really great way to tease the record coming out personally i find that a little bit frustrating to me as a as a fan if i was a you know i i, I respect the work of kanye west am i a massive massive huge fan of, of him and everything he does not to the extent that some people are I actually find that quite off-putting and quite frustrating when you think you're going to get a record from someone and then it just kind of vanishes and you don't really know when it's coming out. Um, I think it's very irritating. like and, and, and a bit of a dick move for your fan base to keep saying, oh, now it's going to come out tomorrow and then it doesn't. And then the week after, oh, it's definitely this week and then it doesn't. And then a couple of weeks later, oh, it's definitely coming out now. I think it's had... Uh, I've not been counting, but around seven or eight different release dates, which have then been pushed back. And wasn't it originally meant to come out? Am I right in thinking it was originally meant to come out March 2020? I didn't know that. I wasn't sure it was that. Was it really that long ago? Like, maybe, I mean, so much has happened. Yeah, I'm sure I read something like that. I mean, it is, it's just ridiculous, you know. And obviously, um, loads of artists have had their... Um, music pushed back recently due to the pandemic and stuff we were meant to be reviewing the new just off the top of my head we were meant to be reviewing the new manic street preachers album this week but then we were told by the pr that it had actually been delayed a week um but you know it hasn't been this constant back and forth of oh it's definitely coming out this week oh no actually maybe not and it's definitely coming out this week and i don't believe that the team behind kanye west are that um bad at their jobs i i'm under the impression that they're probably some of the best at their jobs in the world i would have thought um so it all just feels like um well it's just marketing isn't it i mean he is he is a it is there it's difficult to argue that he is a master marketeer um whether the Even tactics if that means winding up his people to the to point that he has well yeah. quite and and i was about to say wh whether the tactics that he uses to market his music is i don't know socially acceptable at all um is up for debate and it's something that we are going to have to talk about in this review because as we were discussing the other day um this whole sort of separating the art from the artist thing we do try to kind of um embody that uh, to a degree i mean depending on you know who the artist is and, and what they have done um with with this kanye west record i mean uh, you actually put it very very well when you said with kanye west records um the record is his life and the record mm. is everything that has led up to it and um all of all of the marketing stuff becomes a part of the album doesn't it that's what you said yeah I mean, th 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 this is the sort of frustrating thing, but also the incredible thing about an artist like Kanye West and why comparisons with people like Michael Jackson or David Bowie, I think, are incredibly apt with Kanye West because he is unbelievable, for better or worse, at making everything that's going on surrounding the record at the time as integral to the record 
as as the music on that record itself and i think when we speak about oh isn't it brilliant when bands can tie things together isn't it brilliant when an artist will release a a fully formed you know the artwork the look the videos that everything that goes on it's a reflection of them at that period in time well that is what kanye west does unfortunately with a lot of time with kanye west um there are a lot of things that are just not particularly nice or that are kind of quite unsavory about kanye west um and he seems to delight in the notoriety um i don't know if that is because he is he doesn't strike me as someone like eminem used to delight in shocking people and i don't think kanye west is a a kind of a shock rocker or a you know a sort of somebody who's like oh i'm gonna go out for controversy i really think that he thinks about how I mean to get to kind of the crux i don't think he's <laughs> i don't think he's he's built differently to most people like 99.9999999 percent of people he is just built differently and there are things on this record um you know he wanted out earlier or, or it was going to come out earlier obviously the label wanted it out earlier and then he wanted to drop it and then he didn't and he wasn't ready and then there's been this back and forth between him and universal going like well oh i wasn't ready to to put it out yet and you just put it out and universal were like well we were happy to change it and th there seems to be this back and forth with him and his label the label the kind of umbrella label is universal music who own both kanye's good music um and def jam which has put this record out um they're the same label which dropped Marilyn Manson at the start of this year after the sexual assault allegations came out mm. and could... yet here we are with an album that features Marilyn Manson coming out on the universal umbrella so you couldn't make it up could you really no so I don't know what the kind of moral decisions and who were making these kind of decisions at that point um the song gel 2 which features a writing credit from Manson which features Manson's vocals on it and features uh a, a a verse from the baby who again is a very controversial figure at the moment um For did not appear on his homophobic rants is it not you yeah 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 he um i think it was the start of this year he said something about i, I don't really want to repeat it. it was a homophobic rant on stage he then apologized before deleting the apology and mm. he lost a lot of like endorsement deals in the interim and once he lost them i think he apologized lost a lot of endorsement deals then took the apology away basically which gave him more shit from people so he's he's in he's in the, the people's bad books for that he's also done a few other things which are like legitimately illegal as well so he seems like a um a difficult character um yeah. but his there was a chat that his management were not allowing the verse that he created to be put on the track hence why it was blocked kanye then claimed that he was being censored by universal who wouldn't put the song out so we don't really know what's going on um the problem is the inclusion of these two artists is what i on particularly on that song is what i call the sort of the kanye conundrum on one hand you've got this quite i think embarrassing quite unforgivable decision to write a song which seems to be laughing and sneering at the idea that these two men involved have done anything wrong guess we're going to jail tonight it's an incredibly poor taste you have to kind of wonder what the point is 
I mean, having listened to that song a lot, I personally think the line, we all liars, we all liars, it's pointing to the fact that this is uh, some sort of original sin. And there's a lot of religious iconography on this album, as there is with a lot of Kanye West work. Mm. And <clears throat> it's him trying to excuse the actions of bad people on the grounds that we are all inherently bad. And I don't know. I mean, I've done some pretty dumb things in my time. I'm not perfect. But I'm not Marilyn Manson. Yeah. And I do not care for the implication that I am. Thanks very much. Mm. And if that was a comment to be made that, hey, you know what? We're all kind of born inherently bad and original sin is a thing. Fine. It could have been made without those two people being involved. Absolutely. And that's the thing. It could have been done, but you want the chaos. You want the controversy and you want to go to Universal. I'm doing this and you can't stop me because I'm Kanye West. And I think that actually that is a really fucking lame pathetic sad thing to do it feels like he wants the power and it feels like he um i mean uh, all of this to me just feels like really i, I i'm gonna say it, a lot cheap marketing you know all of it it's it's just um and to me it feels like a desperation to be being talked about you know um just in any way shape or form and i mean what's irritating is it works we're, we're arguably doing it now although i think it's kind of important that we do it just to sort of say no this is fucking abhorrent you can't do this this is insane and there's a lot of other people who are doing that and that th that view should be expressed because it's just absurd like the, that we should also mention Chris Brown is on this record mm -hmm. on a different song um, I know you separated yeah. those because it's a different song and it's a different yeah. kind of thing but we like... were going to get to Chris Brown and like independent <coughs> reviews so it's <coughs> fine with Chris Brown but um, yeah. you know, he's not in the news as much at the moment so uh, don't bother <laughs> but um, yeah I mean it, it just there's so much of the record itself is about him and he is talking about his experiences, which, let's face it, are incredibly alien to 99% of people's experiences in the world. So in terms of sort of in any way um, getting on board with this record from that point of view, in an empathetic kind of view, it's very, very difficult to do that. Um, but yeah, he wants to wrap all of this up. He wants to create a world around the record as well. And as you already pointed out, we have extolled the virtues of bands who have done that the one that immediately comes to mind is um in rainbows and the way that that was released and stuff like that but the things that they were doing i mean in some in some cases they were controversial the pay what you want model and stuff like that but they were altruistic in the sense that they were trying to experiment and use new ways to bring music out there and they weren't con they weren't just being controversial for the sake of being controversial which is what Kanye seems to do. I mean, he's not being controversial to be controversial. He's being controversial to sell re sell records and to mm. get himself out there. Of course, the flip side of that, and this is where the Kanye conundrum comes in, is that unfortunately, Jail, both parts one and two, are absolutely fucking amazing songs. Absolutely amazing. Does that make it all right? No, not really. I mean, obviously, there's more important stuff at play here. But how frustrating, how depressing, how stupid and how irresponsible to be sitting on a song as great as that, that could have had a life beyond what it will inevitably will be, which will just be the column inches that you crave and the idea that you can do whatever you want. When Jail, sonically, I think is one of the best songs of the... I, I think it's 
incredible. I right. love it. Okay. Hmm. And it's hard to love. But yet, this is the thing about Kanye West is that everything about it makes me go, oh, God, I don't even really want to listen to that. Hmm. But I've listened to that song so much because mm. I just think it, it like I can't help but go this is just a brilliant song it is just a brilliant song like undeniably it's a fucking great song and it's but it's it makes me feel like it makes me feel kind of I'm disappointed with myself <laughs> and you don't want to listen to an album where you're like I'm really disappointed that I really like how good this song is and it is really good but I don't know. That's a problem with this record. I mean, like I say, one hour, 48 minutes, 27 tracks, including four tracks that are just four different versions of other songs that are already on the record. It's like, okay, mate, <clears throat> does it need to be this fucking long? Does it need to be this fucking bloated? No. Should someone have said, just cut it down, release it. We've got a release date, stick to it. But no, no one's got the balls to front up this guy. He is clearly, and I'm I'm not saying this, I don't think flippantly or in a comedic, comedic way. I, I think Kanye West is is... is genuinely mentally disturbed i think he's not right do you know what i mean i think he's i think he's depressed i think he's probably got he's de- he's obviously dealing with a lot of, of grief i think he's dealing with a lot of having surround himself with sycophants i don't doubt for a second that he's in a bad place mentally and he's allowed to do whatever he likes whenever he likes and it's not good it's not good for an artist and it's certainly not good for a human being and the, their well-being as a human being. A mentally ill man surrounded by yes-men. He's a brilliant artist. He's a genius. But if you're allowed to do whatever you want to do for so long, for so long, then eventually your luck is going to run out. And Donda has flashes of brilliance amongst the luck of a very, very talented man running out would be my kind of overall view of Mm. what this record is Mm. it's certainly i mean my things that i said about kanye before um i've had to sort of reassess ever so slightly um i still find him an absolutely hateful piece of shit i have to say and i think the stuff that he does to um i mean some just some of the the things on this record that where he's basically uh, comparing himself with some sort of Jesus type figure are just so eye rollingly annoying and stupid. Um, but undoubtedly, there are certainly moments on this record which I do think are very, very good indeed. Um, it's just absolutely surrounded by a load of utter cack, and and there's just no sense of edit whatsoever. I kind of compared him to quentin tarantino the other day to you where Mm. i sort of said you know that that early work you've got pulp fiction and reservoir dogs and jackie brown these just brilliant films which are you know lengthy but but they don't feel like they outstay their welcome in any way shape or form and then you get to fucking the hateful eight and uh django unchained and stuff which are just these brilliant like 90 minute films surrounded by another hour and a half worth of guff to make a three hour ploddy you know epic with just yeah moments of brilliance and uh, quite a few people have been saying you know there are moments of brilliance on this record and yeah i think there are um i think jail is good i certainly don't think it's as it hasn't sort of won me over in the same way that it's won you over that could be because of the sort of um 
bragging nature of it which just totally puts me off i do think sonically it's you know a good track um i think there's plenty of good stuff on here i have to say that i've not from the two records i've heard i've not i still can't plant him with the genius flagpole um there's nothing on here that strikes me as genius and there's nothing on here even the really really good stuff there's nothing on here that i can't say has been done better by other people in my opinion but um when it is good there, there's a good i don't know 45 minutes 50 minutes on here in total probably but when when your record is <laughs> almost two hours Hour long it's uh it, it it does feel it's a hell of a a hell of a thing to have to slog through you know and and i think with all the other stuff that surrounds it as well i wouldn't be surprised if people said well i don't think that's worth doing and i'm not going to try and persuade you otherwise because as good as some of the stuff is on here i think it's been done by better people and better artists and more creative people so i certainly think that there is um <coughs> yeah i mean i'm not gonna i think 808s that you've heard is not the kanye west album that i would want to listen to i brought it in mm. just to sort of prove a point really which is look oh look he invented that thing um which is really really popular now which he did um i still think the first three records are all fucking incredible obviously i mentioned my beautiful dark twisted fantasy which i think is like pretty much perfect i would say um and even though i don't love it in the same way i just think that occasionally you get glimpses of the thing that he does where you go yeah no one else really hears that like some people have a really unique way of hearing something and turning it into something like his use of samples yeah has always been the thing where i'm like he's probably the best person ever at doing that he's probably got like him and dr dre i think are the two where i go how have you heard that piece of music and made it sound like that piece of music and there's a couple of glimpses i mean the the lauren hill sample i think a lot of people are you know the, the doo-wop um uh, uh that thing sample on on believe what i say is fucking awesome and he uses like the only like that is a that is an uh, like a, such a brilliant song and there's only one bit of it that's not really that musical and he takes that and turns it into the hook of the entire song yeah. which is like as a piece of like just as just as like as, as as a skill you're like that is an unbelievable piece of skill to take like the only part of a near perfect song which isn't really that kind of first bit where she's just talking before the song really starts to turn that into the hook what a fucking that, i mean that's unbelievable um i know you want to talk about jesus lord which is the longest song on the album again i think is fucking amazing we're not going to go through this track by track by the way fucking i just want to say it's too much so we're not going to go through it track by track we're going to point out the stuff that you probably should listen to or if you're interested that we think would would make a good kind of i called it a 40 40 to 45 minute long i think it's a great 40 45 minute long record on it yeah i mean i i, I would agree with that i think i think yeah yeah somewhere buried in the <laughs> yeah in the shite but yeah i mean jesus lord that kind of bass throb the ambience is so seductive the hook is sublime it's a great piece of music and i think like that it, it's the moments where he touches on it speaks about mental health and i think if you can get through the grit of this there's a lot of grot on this record do you know what i mean there's a lot of like ugh, 
like oh what's he saying that for and oh it's just the the bravado and you know like hip-hop is always full of bravado but Kanye West can do it in a way sometimes which feels like you said there's is one thing being like I'm the man I'm great and another thing being like I am literally Jesus like look look what look how Jesus must be great because look what he created like that is like come on mate like tone it down a little bit but that's that's Kanye West well actually that is is what kind of differentiates him from lots of other or most other artists yeah mm, yeah unfortunately um I mean just before we get on to Jesus Lord um the the second controversial appearance as I mentioned is Chris Brown on New Again uh he's barely on the track at all which I think gives more water to the idea that these guests are on here purely for the purposes of causing controversy because none of the controversial guests on here are actually on the record all that much yeah like I think you said it like there's an hour and 48 minutes and Manson is 20 seconds if that yeah of the entire thing and you can barely hear him and it's his his just just his so like Merlin's a massive from Metal Hammer it's a massive Kanye West fan He's not listening to this record. He's like, I'm not listening to this record, and I won't listen to him mm-hmm. until like until they get rid of that song. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you're not even going to listen to it at all. He's like, I'm absolutely not listening to this record at all, and I'm not really going to take an interest in what he does because I just think it's fucking pathetic, and it's hard to argue that it's not pathetic. Do you know what I mean? I, can, I, I no, I, I'm I'm not going to try and argue that because I think it absolutely is pathetic. And if people did take a stand and go, I even though I'm a fan of what he's done in the past. I do not want to listen to this record. I would totally back that. You know that that uh, I completely get that because there's plenty of moments on this record which are just icky and just horrible. You know to listen to. Um, I I don't think I could describe this as a broken record because too much of it is very very good. But if you if you did just get all the bad bits together and put that out, that would be a broken record for so many yeah. reasons. For so yeah. many reasons. Um, but on that new again track, Chris Brown is essentially coming to Kanye West and asking for forgiveness, you know, like a Jesus mm. Christ, like you would do with a Jesus Christ figure or a godlike figure. And it's just so eye rolling, you know, especially because it's Chris fucking Brown, you know, who's coming to him. Um, and Kanye seems to be granting that, you know, that's fine. Oh, you're so controversial. Because he's the guy who should be doing it, right? All the people who should be forgiving Chris Brown. Kanye West is the guy who should be forgiving Chris Brown, right? Mm, Definitely. That's definitely who should be doing that. I know it's really, really, really annoying. It's really annoying. annoying Because I sat down to listen to this and, you know, in the the build-up to it, knowing it was coming out, I kind of went and reacquainted myself with those first few records and I listened to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy i listened to jesus and the life of pablo as well and um i didn't listen to 808 and heartbreak i have to confess but um but i was listening to all of his material and i and i was like there's always something that makes me go ah ah mate <laughs> like do you know what i mean mm. even on the stuff that i think well i can't argue that that's not good but i still am always like i mean the fucking the ego on this guy mm. and i guess you just have to accept it right but i'm like fuck the ego on this guy is off the fucking chain and he says some stuff in all of his material where i'm like oh you know it's not just the jesus thing sometimes i'm like hmm i don't really feel like you like women that much sometimes Mm. (laughs) do you know what i mean Mm. i'm not really that sure you've got a particularly um i don't think you've got like a particularly um good relationship with 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 other women but then despite that this record is obviously it's named after his mum yeah and 
there are every time his mother comes on this record i think it, it like i get the kind of my bottom lip starts to go you know I, you know he's lost his mum i i think he's I, look i don't want to be a fucking pop psychologist or, or, or whatever but i wouldn't be surprised if you know he's obviously really really close to his mum and i wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of like P like not just depression and grief trauma but like maybe like ptsd and stuff as well like that he's just can't shake and i i, I i'm i'm not i'm only saying that from like my own sort of ex you know from how i've felt in the last couple of years that sometimes that shit is can make you do really kind of weird irrational things and and i've maybe done certain things where i've like i've felt at times where i was like not really able to fully function in normal society but i've not had 50 other people around me telling me like yeah no no, no what you're doing is fine because you're a genius and that's fine um so i don't know and i, I don't know I, th I think like you 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 sort of you can lose you can lose sight of just yourself completely but, but i think that you know the not quite sure what i'm trying to say here i'm just trying to say that i think there's a sweet there is there is like there is i feel like there is a really there, there's a sensitive sweet person somewhere within kanye west because there are moments on this record which i think are heartbreaking and beautiful and poignant and and amazing but yet there's also this kind of not this this kind of fake nastiness and self-importance to it that is just a real really really off-putting mm. i think i've always felt i mean i i i believe you and i i think you're right i think there is some mental health issues at play here but i guess the thing that i've always maintained with mental health issues is it shouldn't be a carte blanche excuse to act like a prick having mental health issues does not turn you into a dickhead you know it might make you do things which are a bit irrational at the time or it might make you do things which you you have to kind of process later on and think about and and maybe regret but it shouldn't ever be used as an excuse to be a dick because that gives people with mental health issues a bad rap as well yeah. and i think that sort of stuff but if is no very one ever told you that that was this is not how you should behave sure yeah yeah and you just don't know then then and that's the thing and it is it is grown to like to such an extent at this point where we've got a record which i mean jesus like i said jesus lord there are you know it's a, it's a mate it's really moving you know how much he, it's about how much he misses his mum it's about how i, I think he feel he, you know you can tell he's saying that like i am mentally struggling with how much i miss my mother and i found that really difficult not to be affected by it and the fact mm, that the music same. is in incredible as well um you know th there's there's all kinds of there is stuff on here where i mean there's shit like no child left behind where he's going he's done miracles on me and even a fairly decent 80s synth part just can't save how i'm like rubbish mm. i mean the title track donda is moving brilliant and the piano like after a few tracks of ugh, quite kind of phoned in quite flimsy sounding you know programmed things some synthetic sounding beats and stuff the piano sounds so real and so deep and so like he's not afraid to sound analog sometimes Kanye west as well and i think like his mum sounds amazing 
and again you know i'm not religious myself so the kind of the iconography doesn't do much for me mm. but it is really well done i think pure pure souls is lovely reminds me of something from the first couple of albums and the last bit of come to life i think is exceptional i mean again the piano is beautiful and brilliant the orchestral stuff is incredible his flow is so sharp and so surprising and unusual and it's stuff like that when you go yeah i mean this guy is that's a pure untouched excellence of what he can do and it seems to be able to have like when he kind of actually looks in the mirror and sees some sort of flaw within his own character there's i mean there's a bit on that that song where he says savage she's gone mad when she's home which i was assuming was talking about you know the part that he played in his divorce from kim kardashian which mm-hmm. is another thing that you know they are oh, what's he going to say about kim on this record what's he going to say what's he going to say and she's sort of turned up at some of the listening parties and stuff and again it's more fucking media circus stuff but there's a kind of reality that there is a you know a married couple there it, like that the people kind of will think about the tabloid headlines before they think about the reality of the situation and he addresses that fairly kind of in 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 you know a fairly kind of self-reflective nice way i think and when you hear that you're like yeah you, this is brilliant when he addresses some kind of flaw in his character i think donda is great it's all the other stuff mm. Mm. i think that's probably something too that um but I, I and i as as i said before i also just think there's a lot of stuff on here which whilst good there are better examples of it um jesus lord for example is very very reminiscent of the push the sky away skeleton tree ghosting sort of triage of nick cave albums that have come out recently because it's Mm. it's very lengthy minimalism and it has that repeated musical pattern um in in this case it's over it's almost nine minutes long um, well, that's part one anyway. There is a part two, which is nearer 12 minutes, which is yeah. very unnecessary. Um, it's weirdly hypnotic and it works up to a point. But I think I, I don't think it has the strength of the songs on, say, Skeleton Tree or Ghostine. And of course, it is a slightly a different thing. Uh, well, mm, we're kind of a weird comparison. I don't I think that the actual bare bones of those songs is is identical i think it's the identity that each of those artists bring to it that make them different so to say that they are exactly the same would be completely ott and ridiculous but the bare bones of what those songs are doing and how they do it is pretty much identical which is why i make that comparison um but i think you go on i was gonna say i think for me uh, a more kind of apt comparison from something that we've reviewed recently and and this is where you go okay you need to sort of up your game because at some point you know Kanye West has been around for 20 years now nearly yeah as a as a a solo artist releasing records under his you know his name um as influential and as innovative and as forward-thinking as uh as he can be I mean this is kind of um black tie white noise era if he's David Bowie, mm. right? Which is when people started being like, oh, Bowie, he's done it all, you know, done in it, you know, and he started getting bad reviews and stuff. You have to keep up with the people who are taking your ideas and running and taking that ball and running further with them. We've done Tyler, the creator this year. Yeah. We've, we've done, I mean, the big one for me, we've done Dave a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. When you put the, and the Dave album, I think again, there's piano and 
you know and, and minimalism on that Dave record this is a, you know and the Dave record is like it's so much better oh oh you know, god overall yeah. oh god overall yeah. it is so much better and Dave as a as a human being is just far more likable than Kanye West yeah uh, like on the on the on the strength of these two records i mean he's just you want to spend you're you're inspired and uh and on the side of that you know you i listened to that dave album and i'm like i'm i'm so fucking with you i am yes. so with you yes and i am often not with kanye west yes i am intrigued by him i am fascinated by him but i'm not always with him he, i am always with dave he's i'm like you're the fucking man i'm fucking totally a 100 percent behind everything you say i cannot say that about 50 at least 50 percent of donda I, 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 i'm being pretty generous i think you're being very generous i'd say at least 80 <laughs> percent. yeah um i think um yeah I, dave's a very good comparison for that track absolutely um and i suppose a more obvious one um but I, I i i do actually think that dave is doing a similar thing to those nick cave records as well so i still think it's an apt comparison yeah yeah yeah, yeah um another one quickly i think moon featuring dole tilver and kid cuddy is um a, a really nice track it's a track which has auto-tune on it that i actually like which is quite rare um because there is quite a lot of auto-tune on this record and can get quite annoying um i think it, it i think it takes its vibe and ideas from bon Iver, um and it has captured that well if that is indeed what they were going for. I just feel like it's nowhere near as complex as some of Bon Iver's own material or as interesting. It's very basic bitch Bon Iver, essentially. And, you know, it's cool that he can do it. And there aren't many artists of his genre and type who would probably even attempt to do something like that. I can imagine Dave doing something like that, but there aren't many. Um, But, you know, Bon Iver exists. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It's like there's better versions of this so why why go to the troublesome character for an inferior version when you can go to a someone someone who seems like a perfectly decent human being with a myriad of better versions and that's just that's how i feel about a lot of the good material on this record yeah i mean there's some, there's some frustrating things on here everybody is so judgmental and the bit on hurricane i think it's awful awful like a really bad bad idea and then he whacks in this massive gospel choir at the end for like a second and it sounds incredible it's there for a second yeah annoyingly (laughs) annoyingly i do really like that song i actually think hurricane and that's the soft sort of r&b type of thing which isn't normally my kind of thing but i actually think hurricane is a really good example of it but he is really irritating on it yeah 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 um you got shit like praise god and jonah which i think are f- total filler yeah total filler yeah. I, there's a song called 24 which i think is really great it's really quite disorientating um and then you know uh, th- there's stuff which is just you know anything else that we sort of haven't mentioned it's just sort of passed me by really yeah i mean to kind of sum this up because we've been talking about it for quite a long time and there's quite a lot of other stuff to talk about i mean ultimately I don't think Donda will tarnish the legacy of Kanye West because he's sort of untouchable at this point, isn't he? He will continue to do whatever he wants to do. But will he ever be good like he was good when he was good? I'm not so sure. (laughs) Something needs to happen to him. I think he actually needs 
some help to be honest he needs somebody with guts and the balls to say no no you cannot have these people on your record just to prove how powerful and, and omnipotent and and brilliant you are no you cannot release this album whenever you feel like it on a fucking sunday afternoon you can't well you're gonna release it when you're gonna release it just 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 to add i'm assuming the sunday release and you say sunday afternoon obviously it would have been sunday morning in america is because of the religious overtones right because of the religious uh, stuff blah 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 and you know i can see that but also just just say it's going to be released sunday you know first of september bloody whatever sunday. just fucking do it yeah sunday bloody yeah. sunday exactly yeah um and no you cannot release 27 tracks 23 songs basically with no cutting no not every not every single idea you have is brilliant even the religious stuff like i don't actually have a problem with him expressing a love for god i think you know as a lot of the reviews of this have pointed out some of the gospel stuff some of the kind of organ stuff some of the church stuff sounds great sounds it does. really great mm-hmm. and and yeah. like <laughs> i mean he's expressing what he feels is true to him i think which is kind of scary but that yeah. is i guess what it is i mean ultimately this is meant to be a tribute this is named after and meant to be a tribute to his mother but do you know what would be a great tribute to his mother a really fucking good album and donda ain't a good album Kanye, mate, what are you going to be from here on out? Are you going to be that fucking genius that you can be, that everyone knows that you can be? Or are you going to completely keep continually to steal from Stuart Lee, diminishing the quality of your own obituary? Because it's one or the other, isn't it? Mm. It's either fucking scrape them off, get rid of all of the fucking hangers on and the pointless guests and do i mean that is the one thing i will say about 808s and heartbreaks was like scrape off all the shit it was a minimalist sounding record and it basically gave birth to you know it it totally changed what popular music sounded like Mm. for better or worse mainly for worse Mm. i would say but but he but he did do that and that was again him feeling sad about and, and going away and looking inwardly um and then he followed it up with a fucking absolute masterpiece. He can do that, but he's got to get rid of these fucking. He's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think like, I mean, Chinese democracy is quite a kind of good, like the, what happened to Axel Rose. Axel Rose, like, I'm going to be Elton John. We well, can't, mate. Can't be. That's a terrible idea on paper. But he kind of made it work, and he probably made it work because there were at least four other people there going, "Should we not do this?" And even though he was in control, at least had a little bit of friction pulling back otherwise november rain might have been you know 23 minutes long rather than 11 yeah as the demo was yeah yeah and i don't know somebody needs to like just like go go to him go sit down have a bit of time off don't talk to anyone come back to this album in a couple of months and listen to it and go is this really what you want to do with your talents and your skills this really what you're happy putting out Mm. like really like listen to the bits that are amazing what are the most essential what are the most what are the the parts of this record that you feel proud of and there will be loads of parts in this record there will be parts in this record that if he was being super critical of himself he would go no yeah actually I am proud of that I am proud of that and he should be proud of it because there's fucking great material on here but some of the decision making is mad Mm. it's mad Mm. and I just I just you know I think it's sad I don't like to see it personally no, I think I, it's um, a really sad, pathetic 
attempt to court controversy, as we've sort of already said, and um, says a lot of stuff about Kanye West, and very little of which I think is positive. Um, the Guardian made a really interesting point just before I forget because I thought this was a very good quote which kind of summed up the things that irritate me about this record so much much like kindred spirit Donald Trump West seems to instinctively know how to weaponize controversy to drive interest in a new project and that's exactly it isn't it and that is such a massive distraction from the stuff that is good on this record that it makes it very difficult to listen to i've i've struggled to listen to this not just because of its sheer ridiculous length but because of what a troublesome character Kanye west is and it's like i don't want to listen to you mate I'm not interested um and the stuff that he has done which i think is good on this record it's good but it's not good enough for me to brush all that stuff aside mm. so overall like if you feel like you don't want to listen to this record or you can't listen to this record or you're angry about this record don't, you probably don't aren't don't listen to it yeah. you are probably not missing out on no. the essential things that Kanye has done we've obviously got to kind of try and take the context the music the intention all these things the controversy we tried to kind of distill it down to a, re a, a review of the actual record but it is hard to do that. It is hard to do that. Yeah. It makes it very, very difficult. But I think we've had to try. And obviously, like, I mean, we reviewed the last Marilyn Manson album. We're, we're bangs of rights. You know, we're no fucking moral arbiters for you. You know, you should make your own mind up about how you feel about this. And it's absolutely fine whether, whether you want to listen to it or not. We're just letting you know mm. this is how, in general, we feel about this record. So there you go. That is Donda by Kanye West, which is out now. We did, I mean, normally I'd go, oh, the review was longer than the album. But um, in this case, <laughs> it wasn't even half the length of the record. Um, uh, let's move on. It takes something in a week to make Iron Maiden the second, second. <laughs> uh, album on review. Senjutsu by Iron Maiden, the 17th studio album from the heavy metal legends, the follow-up to 2000's Book of Souls album which was rubbish let's not forget it was rubbish um it was fine Renfrew, how rubbish was the book of souls rubbish wasn't it it was fine it was it was not <laughs> it was look <clears throat> it was my least favorite iron maiden album since uh bruce and adrian have got back into the band so since the beginning of the 2000s um it was unnecessarily wrong uh wrong long it was <laughs> uh, it was unnecessarily long um and it didn't but you know it had its moments it had some really good moments i think the red and the black is a fantastic maiden tune and i think even at this stage whilst they are doing the same thing over and over again and it is a repeated formula there are always at least a couple of songs where i go okay You've just about justified your existence with this. And I, you know, slight spoiler alert, but I personally think before all the bile comes from Steve that this album has a couple of songs which justify its existence and therefore I'm I'm okay with it at this point in Maiden's career. Mm. Now, they released the song The Writing on the Wall and mm. I was like, ah, oh, quite different for Maiden. Got a bit of a kind of country 
outlaw country feel yeah. to it and i was like oh, i actually like this it's six six over six minutes long i was like it's quite, still quite long but um little did i know what was about to be thrust <laughs> into my ears for when the album turned up but i was but i was actually like genuinely like oh that's quite cool like made a little bit of a different flavor on that not too bad i did hate the book of souls from beginning to end i don't think there's a single noteworthy moment on the book of souls i think it's rubbish um well, i've got this reputation which i don't think is fair that i hate iron maiden right mm. and i don't hate iron maiden you showed me your iron maiden record once the one I record did. you've got <laughs> i've got two actually you've got I've power got slave iron maiden, and iron I've maiden got power slave and iron maiden on vinyl yeah. that i paid for with my own money because lord only knows they're not going to give me any freebies, that's for sure. Name, um, name me three Iron Maiden songs or take that T-shirt <laughs> off, you rotter. This is a fucking Morbid Angel T-shirt. I, I know. Yeah, it? but the listeners um, don't know that. But take it off anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Pervert. Um, <laughs> name me three Iron Maiden songs. Ooh, breaking, the, breaking the law. Uh, aces high and paranoid. Um, yeah, so I, I don't hate Iron Maiden. Right, I think heavy metal Iron Maiden. I've stuck up like you don't even like Flash of the Blade, which I, you know, no, I, I like. I think, I think is, it's silly. You know, silly, silly, silly. Oh god, god I couldn't believe I what, what, Iron Maiden. Silly. <laughs> is, like, how unusual. How unusual. But this is the thing, right? Is I think Iron Maiden are a really good heavy metal band. They're a good heavy metal band. You know, OTT pomp and silliness and cheesiness and all that stuff big like galloping like beer swilling when they do that i think i made in are really cool really great you know there's stuff on like a matter of life and death which i think is you know just got a bit of it's got that kick and pace to it and that was sort of later on in their career their last great album a matter of life mm. and death i would say yeah um so i just want to say i just want to hammer that home that i do not hate iron maiden in terms of their entire back catalog i don't right but i mean this thing starts off at a pace that would get outrun by a slug <laughs> two minutes in to the title track and it felt like half of donda <laughs> right i was like wow this yeah. is really boring i do not this agree with this really this is a boring <clears throat> nothing song it's eight minutes and 20 seconds i don't know what happens in that eight minutes and 20 seconds it um, just seems to go on <clears throat> and on and on and on it, it, it's a mid-paced maiden epic and uh it's an unusual way to start the record although you know with an eight minute eight and a half minute song although they have done that for the last two records because souls and the final frontier i don't think it's always been pulled off begins with this kind of heavy percussion percussion thing um uh, which is vaguely keeping with the Japanese iconography that they have with this particular record. Um, I'm seeing some people say that this is one of the heaviest pieces of music Iron Maiden have ever written, which I, I don't see at all, I have to say. I'm like, really? Um, it's, this is what's going to play into... I'm trying really hard to bite my tongue, but go on. <laughs> okay, it sounds about as heavy as every other Iron Maiden song. It's no less heavy, it's mm. no heavier. Um, I would argue Sign of the Cross from uh, The X Factor is probably heavier, if I were to cite heavier material. I think it's a perfectly fine opener. But not an inspired one, it's no Wicker Man or anything like that, but I think it's fine. I think it sets up the record fine. And I thought 
It's okay. I mean, I don't it's think that the fine. heaviest piece of it's almost like people who listen to Iron Maiden just listen to Iron Maiden. <laughs> Shatijo was a bit more like Iron Maiden, sort of sounds a bit like them, so that's good or terrible. Yeah, on your, on your opinion. I, th- um, <laughs> I thought it was okay. Nothing to write home about. It's um, reminded me of Wildest Dreams from Dance of Death. Um, it's something they've done a million times before, but it's done to a decent enough standard, I'd say. It's just they've lost so much pace, this band. My God. I mean, when you listen to their old stuff, they've got pace. They've got the, mm. Steve Harris had nimble fingers. Now they're just old and wheezy and flabby. And they just sound like an old man climbing up the stairs of a block of a multi-story block of flats that's what this whole album <laughs> sounds like to me just an old man struggling to get up eight staircases i i think that pace is a choice i really do and it may be a choice because they don't feel like they have the stamina to do the fast stuff anymore but i think it's far better we talk about bands growing old gracefully and all this kind of thing i don't know if i can quite mm, i mean i think that the fact that their 2000s and onward era is probably my favorite era of iron maiden personally does suggest to me that they are growing old gracefully and they are kind of realizing what their uh strengths are and what their weaknesses are i know you kind of disagree with this strength wise but i think these long expansive songs that they do when they hit are absolutely phenomenal the likes of passiondale that they've done and um uh oh there's one on a matter of life and death which is like nine minutes 20 the legacy which is fantastic and like there's like so many of these epics where the wild wind blows that they have done on these records have been very very good sometimes they attempt them and they're not so good and there is an example of one of those on here but um just one <laughs> yeah i think just one personally just one is it? um yeah. but I, I, I no one's going to expect anything new from an iron maiden record now the 17 records in that god how 40 45 odd years into their career like it's very rare to get anything new at all i think the fact that as you already mentioned the writing on the wall the first single which by the way i think is probably the best song on the record it absolutely is um um, of course it is there's one other there's one other but writing on the wall actually sounds quite good particularly in the context of the album Mm. the writing on the wall sounds really good i think yeah and that outlaw country and western feel that you brought up there you know that i I don't recall maiden doing that before really no 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 you know like that does feel different different and it, it, it they're actually very successful with it and Adding that maiden gallop to that country in Western Field is something which doesn't sound like it will work on paper, but it actually does. They pull it off very well. You know, I think it could well be the best song on this record. It's either this or one. Heady praise. <laughs> it's either this one, or I don't think you are going to go with this one, but I really, really like Lost in a Lost World. As oh, well. oh, really? Oh, you're having a laugh, are you? <laughs> because i was like okay all right well the first track i thought was bum and then the second one i was like oh you're trying to sound a bit like classic maiden and i thought the one on the wall was like it's all right and then the tempo just goes 
off a cliff and it's all acoustic it's got a nine minute runtime, and i just think why did this have to happen to me this week it's just so <laughs> plodding gets a little bit more life in it towards the end or even halfway through but gets still, a lot more life in it i mean especially the end it just basically refuses to end in the same <laughs> way as a drunk refuses to end to leave a pub after spitting in the face of the bar staff because i won't serve him anymore it's like it has to be dragged kicking and screaming out of your ears God. it is a fucking so long this song and it's so boring it is just like it's so long and it's so boring it's it's I can't it's about can't. it's about nine and a half minutes which i think is like the fourth shortest song on the record exactly <laughs> um it's a tad long but i think the reason i like it is because that acoustic intro that you were referring to where they have those kind of spacey oh's in the background as well that actually also sounds to me like something that maiden haven't really done before so again i was just like oh this is cool because it's different i understand what you're saying about it putting a bit of a full stop on the record at that point and any sense of pace that they have um any sense of pace that they have sort of built up i guess is dissipated a bit but i'm i'm cool with the variety i don't mind that you know we've already had 20 minutes of the record we've had 20 minutes of their type of pace you know <laughs> already mm-hmm. so i'm okay with that you know it's a long okay. album as well it's got to be uh it's got to be um diverse otherwise it will get really boring very quickly yes <laughs> but your so favorite Dave's song is then the next one right days of future past i was like oh my god can it be is that is that a decent guitar riff it is it actually is. Who'd have thought that the best song on the album would be the four-minute-long chugging banger with a big riff and a galloping bass line? Who could have ever imagined it, eh? Who could have thought? Could it be, Renfrey, I put it to you? I know this is a mad thing to think, is it? It's a mad thing to think. But could it be that Iron Maiden are good at that and just not very good at anything else and have massive ideas above their station? That they're ultimately just a very serviceable heavy metal band and not some incredible artists who need to write long, epic, bloated boring shite and should maybe take a leaf out of judas priest book who are happy to just write firepower which in comparison to this record is great i mean it's just a great record just a great simple heavy metal record iron maiden on the other hand no iron maiden you're not radiohead you're not you're (laughs) stupid your singer wears biggles glasses and a fucking flying hat and he runs around the stage in silly trousers play with your plastic monster man stop trying to be a credible artist just play stupid beer drinking dumb heavy metal music that is what you're good at that is what you are you are not some oh my god aren't iron maiden they're like pink floyd no they're not no you're not stop trying to be a credible artistically interesting band whilst at the same time letting yannick gers poke a guitar (laughs) at a man in a monster outfit you are a stupid You are a stupid, dumb, heavy metal band with stupid, dumb songs about Churchill and flying planes and monsters and mummies and, like, be that. Be that. Just be that. This whole thing of, like, 12 minutes of, oh, and it's an epic about the war. and No, 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 no. I've got it now. This is what I I hate about Iron Maiden. Ideas above their stations. And this proves it. Because it's just a good song. It's four minutes long. Yes, fine, good. Heavy metal, great. All the other guff. <laughs> Fuck off. You're not John Lennon. Okay. Uh, 
there's a lot that I knew this was going to be hard to defend and fuck me. Um, uh, that's a good song. Uh, I agree they do that well. Um, I do think they do some of the longer stuff well as well. Uh, Lost in a Lost World, as I just mentioned. There are a couple of other examples on here. But I certainly think them doing that um, short, sharp, uh, shock to the system kind of thing is a, is a very, very good you know, it's Wicker Man esque. It's not as good as Wicker Man, but it's Wicker Man esque. Or uh, I want to say the Fallen Angel from Brave New World. That get in, get out, four minutes flat. Yes, they are still very good at that. And could there have been a couple more of those sorts of songs on this record? I think yes. And I think if there had been a few more of that type on here, it probably would have been a better record overall. So I'll, I'll admit all that. I don't. I do think they do epics well. Um, not always, uh, as is the case with Death of the Celts, which drives me fucking insane. Um, I love... A hundred, a hundred <clears throat> seconds on Death of the Celts before Bruce Dickinson comes in. And when he does, you wish he'd leave immediately. <laughs> I love Maiden doing those Celtic guitar lead lines. And they've done a lot of those, particularly in the latter part of their career. I feel like Fear of the Dark might have been the beginning of that, you know, beginning to really be a part of their sound. Um but Death of the Celts is a bit much for me. It's when they get a little bit too close to Dropkick Murphy's territory for comfort. And I like Dropkick Murphy's, but I don't want to hear Iron Maiden doing Dropkick Murphy's. And it uh, and I know, you know, I've said a couple of times it gets a bit silly. And you're like, silly? Iron Maiden? I know Iron Maiden are silly, but I think at their best, they have a balance between sort of po-facedness and silliness. And when they drop too far into the silliness bracket, that's when I get a little like, oh, I can't be asked with this, such as Death of the Celts, Flash of the Blade, Die With Your Boots On, you know. Um, and yeah, I think Death... They Death... are silly, though. Of course they're silly. I'm not I saying mean, they, they're not silly. It's like trying to say... Yeah, I know. But I mean, I'm just saying it like, or oh, when they get too... All they are is silly. Surely all they are is... Like, this is the thing. It's like, this would be like... Roger Rabbit it's be like Roger Rabbit trying to go oh, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do my version of fucking King Lear no <laughs> well they can be very hit yourself on the head with a with a with a mallet that's what we want from you mate they... I don't want Dick and Dom doing Hamlet like <laughs> fucking they can be very poignant I think where the wild wind blows they can the final song on the final frontier that's a really affecting moving song you know they, they, it is it is possible and they do do it and they have done it um, I'm not sure if anything on this album made me feel that way but like coming home I suppose coming home is relatively silly but it's also very triumphant and it really like it really genuinely makes me emotional when I listen to it um Final Frontier probably is the last album where they managed to do that for me. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think they should just exclusively go down the let's do a load of bangers route. As you rightly said, Firepower was a great record and it's it's a better record than anything made in the release since Matter of Life and Death. I, I prefer Matter of Life and Death to Firepower, I'll say. But, you know, like yeah, it, it's a fantastic album. But that's how... that's the route Judas Priest should go down. I'm not sure it's the route Maiden should go down because whilst you can compare the two and people often do compare the two, there are a lot of differences between those two bands as well. You know, Of course there is. Of course there yeah. is. Yeah. I think there is. Yeah. Judas Priest are much. Go on. Well, no, the thing is that Judas Priest did Nostradamus and it was a disaster, right? And they were yeah. like, oh, we better not do that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I don't know. Just be just slightly more self-aware. But Book of Souls was only a disaster in your mind because Book of Souls mm. did very well. And, you know, there is a contingent of the music press who would never say anything about bad about Maiden these days. And so, yes, they they are very they have they are similar to Kanye West. I (laughs) mean, in that they are also surrounded by sycophants who probably won't tell them, like, no, you shouldn't do that. And nobody who likes Iron Maiden, those people you see in Iron Maiden shirts, drinking Trooper download with their camper chairs will lap this up just because it says Iron Maiden on the front cover. They will. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad it is. And it is bad, this record. It's bad. Um, it's fine. It's, it, like, bless Greta Van Fleet for stopping Iron Maiden from being the worst <laughs> album we've reviewed this year. <laughs> because this is a piece of shit, this record. I mean, particularly when... But it is, like, the, but the difference between Iron Maiden and Kanye West is the, the both of them have <laughs> absolutely carte blanche to do whatever mad insane ludicrous stupid nonsense that they want to do and no one's going to tell them that it's not good one of those artists is a, is a legitimate groundbreaking genius and the other is iron maiden um yeah, then we, we get the, yeah <laughs> then we get the like it's true and then we get the last three songs which clock in at a painstakingly brutal 34 minutes long that's as long as the turnstile album yeah three songs yeah three iron maiden songs three songs from the band who wrote bring your daughter to the slaughter <laughs> 34 minutes again know your fucking place know your place lads that's all i'm asking i'm not asking for much i'm just saying just have a little look in the mirror and go should hell on earth be 11 minutes and 19 seconds long to end the record after the parchment was 12 minutes and 39 i mean i'll be honest with you Renfrey. it's 34 minutes at the end of this record I haven't written anything about these three songs other than so long, so, so long. <laughs> that is all I've written. Because all I hear is endless boom, bing, 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 Like for fucking half an hour. Oh, this Christ. This is terrible. This is a terrible, terrible way to end a bad record this is what takes this record from being this isn't great to terrible i think <laughs> this last three songs so it's, it's all steve harris's fault because these were all written by steve harris and harris alone um yeah. i believe he doesn't like punk does he <laughs> up the irons called blimey stone <laughs> crow or oh, we're we're like the velvet underground we're He's, just no you're not fucking hell a very Christ. nice man steve harris i'm sure he is i'm sure he is he's very nice um he's off his tit this is any good on trooper probably um i personally think that death of the celts can go not interested in it at all but if you took that epic off i would be perfect i'm perfectly happy with the parchment and hell on earth finishing this record so we take away a third well we take about away about 10 minutes so it's 24 minutes to end the record i'm totally happy with that personally because i think the parchment in particular i think the parchment's great actually i think the parchment Either The Parchment or Lost in a Lost World are the epic of this record. Probably The Parchment, actually. It's very good, I think. Uh, you obviously don't think that. Um, but uh, Hell on Earth has a vaguely kind of no. Middle Eastern element to it, which, um, you know, again, it's not not anything new that they've done before. It reminds me a little bit of The Nomad from Brave New World. That's cool. It's not been an awful lot of progression from that song that was released 21 years ago to this one. But 
but I also think this is done. I think Hello on Earth is done perfectly well. I think it's good. I think at the end of the day, there's probably enough on here to say long-term Iron Maiden fans, of which I would call myself one. Mm. There's not an awful the, lot. The the easily pleased army. I mean, I th- I think this as is as long as it's got Iron Maiden's <laughs> name on it. That's fine. <laughs> There's not an awful lot that's new on here, but I also think anyone expecting anything new from Iron Maiden in 2021 or 2019, I suppose, which is when this record was actually recorded, uh, is probably on a bit of a fool's errand, to say the least. Um, and that'll be fine for most Iron Maiden fans, I'm sure. I do, you know, I, there, yes, there is an element of Iron Maiden fans being easy to please, provided it has the logo on the box and it has some cool artwork yeah i don't mugs. i don't <laughs> they're, they're mugs they're absolute mugs i don't uh, but i think the reason for that is because iron maiden have a very unique identity which people just adore and i am one of those people there's something about the gallop and there's something about the operatic vocals and there's something about the silliness of it that is very irresistible for me and millions of other people out there and you you can resist it and that's totally fine but there's something so Maiden-esque about Maiden that even if it's just something that sounds like Maiden for the most part and most of it is just pulled off well enough, that will satisfy a lot of people. And that's fine. I'm satisfied. Wait, wait till you hear Spinal Tap, guys. You're going to fucking freak out. <laughs> I, I, am, I, am, I am satisfied with this record. I'm not blown away by it. I can't see myself returning to it that often. Um, I don't... It's not it wouldn't be super super high in my in the back catalogue of Iron Maiden records but I'm I'm happy enough with it this album is the oral equivalent of taking your chain smoking asthmatic arthritic 72 year old uncle (laughs) pushing him round Aldi for the day this is what the the equivalent of like taking him shopping in Aldi that's what I feel like it is it's too long it's really old it's really cheap and it's just not it's it's something that unfortunately for like I mean I'll never listen to this album ever again definitely I won't of course I won't um but yeah, but just listening to it, I was like, it felt more like a kind of duty than anything that would be fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just listening to like gnarly, like grizzled, moany old cunts just going on about the same thing again and again. My granddad used to tell me, every time I saw my granddad, he would tell me the story of when Pompey beat the wolves in the FA Cup in 19, uh, in 1939. Every time I saw him for, for, about, for about 10 years. He would sit me down, and every time I sit down, I'd be like, he'd be like, "How's Pompey doing?" And then I'd say, "Oh yeah, not too bad." He's like, "Well, I remember when he won the FA Cup in 1939, and the Wolves were the champions at the time. They were the biggest club, and they came down to Fratton Park, and we said, we'll beat you in the in the cup final.' And the Wolves won the match, and then we went to Wembley and we beat them four-one." We had Jimmy Dickinson, <laughs> Jimmy Schuler. This is feeling Jack longer Frogger. than the Maiden album. Well, yeah, but that's the point, isn't it? Is <laughs> yes. it like, okay. it would go on, this story, and I would be like, oh, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, you've told me that, yeah, yeah, I know, you've told me that. And this is, this is, this is the fucking, this is Grandpa Simpson, this <laughs> album. It is, it's Grandpa Simpson talking about clouds or something, you know, the weather or something. Do you know what I mean? That's what this album is. The same fucking shit. A bit older, a bit more senile, 
you're like, surely they're going to stop soon. Is this, is this going to be the last Iron Maiden album? It has to be, surely, doesn't it? Um, it has to be. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. Probably won't be, will it? I mean, they don't have the fucking... They surely don't have the self-awareness to go, core, we should probably stop making records now. I, I, I think it would be a shame if it ended on this one, because whilst, as I said... <laughs> well, it wouldn't, because the next one will come out, and it'll be like 15 minutes long at the end, and just a bloke singing about fossils. <laughs> Roman coins. Bruce Dickinson going, I went to Swanage for the day with... The National Express coach, <laughs> and I found a Roman coin on the beach. Now have a look at this coin. It is a original Roman coin. Fucking all right, Granddad. Shut up. Like, that make me feel. I'm 41, Renfrey. I should yeah. not be feeling young when I listen to music. Mm-hmm. No music should make me feel young. Yeah. Feel old, fine. Mm-hmm. Listen to like Kid Cudi and fucking all the new all the rap singers from now like when it's a little Zan I was like fuck it out I feel old yes but I shouldn't be listening to music and feeling young unless I'm like <laughs> listening to George Formby or something like I think George Formby sounds more contemporary than this Iron Maiden album unbelievable yeah it's it's fine <laughs> it's fine <laughs> it's fine they come out with another album in 2026 and it's like, have you seen those <laughs> Chinese people? Why are they over here? <laughs> <laughs> Who would you rather be stuck in the lift with, uh, lift with, James Labrie or Bruce Dickinson? I think James Labrie. Wow, really? Come on. Yeah. James oh, Labrie can't fly. Bruce Dickinson can't fly. <laughs> he can fly a plane. He can drive a plane. Shall we move on to the Wild Hearts? Thank fuck for that. Senjutsu by a maiden is out now. Um, it's fine. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> you have to go now. And this will just back my point up even more. Can I just say, before we go any further, I want to personally thank the Wild Hearts and Bocasa this week for making my life just that little bit more bearable, for just actually writing some songs. I would actually be happy to do exactly the same thing, I have to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unbelievably, we are saving... <laughs> The two best albums for the end of this podcast. Uh, and they're just the best albums because they just wrote some songs. That's all they did. They just wrote some songs. I mean, and it's not enough, is it? It's not enough to just write them to get, like, anyway. 21st Century Love Songs by The Wild Hearts, the 10th studio album from the Brit Rock Legends, the follow up to the quite excellent Resistance Men of 2019, an album that got into my top 20 albums of that year. It is still an album that I whack on now and again. As we said at the time, don't think the wild hearts are ever going to sound cutting edge or modern anymore they are the wild hearts but they do what they do is they write really really amazing songs and you saw them at bloodstock recently yeah i saw their truncated performance at download which was nowhere near as bad as they were making out i have to be honest but um uh the wild hearts are fucking great they're yeah just, you know they're, they're they're everything i've just said about iron maiden sounding old and dated and stuff there's something sort of classic sounding about the wild hearts it, to me, that's the difference between sounding classic and sounding dated. And the Wild Hearts sound classic. I think the Wild Hearts still sound vital. 
like really vital mm. in their new music and renaissance man was um I, I, would you call renaissance man a comeback i mean it'd been 10 years since they'd done a record i don't know if that's fair to say or not of sorts I mean, it's come back of, of sorts, sorts isn't it? yeah it's the first one with danny back in the band wasn't it yeah yeah i mean yeah, yeah. i think it's fair to say from the sort of quote-unquote classic lineup yeah the kind of cj danny and ginger together yeah um and it was a brilliant one you know it was a really really fantastic record and a lot of people said that it was the best album they'd done since earth versus you know i, I think that's a tiny bit ott but i do still think it's yeah. a fantastic record um and i think this is built on it i mean i i have to say before before i'm just gonna say it straight away i don't know if 21st century lost songs is a better record than renaissance men but i prefer it I think okay and I think the reason I prefer it is because there seems to be a lot more of that um the way that well I'll compare it to Maiden in that the way that Maiden take journeys through their songs and go from different parts part A to part P to part C to part D I think Maiden are good at that but sometimes they show the joins a little bit and sometimes they show how difficult it is to actually do that um ginger has this incredible songwriting ability to be able to go from loads of different parts you know a b c d e f g all within one song so fluidly and so seamlessly and make it look so easy uh and he goes through as many ideas as maiden do in half the time and uh, i mean i think my favorite song on this record and it's difficult to say really but certainly the song that i'm most impressed with on this record i'll say is institutional submission yeah which is an absolute Wicked. absolute masterpiece like hardcore punk meets prog metal meets classic rock melodies it's discharged by way of opeth but somehow works like totally cohesively and when it goes into that harmonized vocal and the epic palm muted lead and then this extravagant slash on the top of a cliff guitar solo it still starts to feel like one of the most epic songs you've ever heard and we're only halfway through at that point it does all of this in five and a half minutes i mean it might be one of the best songs they've ever written it's brilliant. I, i've written it, it sounds like devin townsend fronting suicidal tendencies trying to write a thrash a, a thrash metal ballad yeah very nice yeah and they mix it up so well i mean i have to say i mean it's funny you say about is it better than renaissance men i'm not sure okay um the, the title track opened the record and i actually thought it was a slightly scrappy and, and it's just a kind of i'm not meaning to kind of undermine everything you just said but i actually found it quite a, unusual for the wild hearts because i felt like it was kind of a disjointed scrappy way to start the record so i i, I was a bit like oh okay oh okay i'm not really sure about that but then it immediately as soon as remember that the, uh, remember these days came in which has got a huge driving riff and what they do is big you know the, the kind of metallica meets abba thing which was ginger always said yeah. was the entire point of the wild hearts a really sunny loud chant along chorus which immediately sticks in his head in your head alongside very harsh sounding guitars very harsh riff driven overdriven metally guitars great loads of woes and years in the end really fucking great like just typical classic wild heartsy sounding wild hearts but they do have other things i mean what is a typical sounding wild heart song i mean i guess when you think of the wild hearts that is what you sort of think of but then mm -hmm. i mean they played splitter at, at download and i remember thinking then there's a bit of a banger and <laughs> i love ginger spitting splitter that's awesome <laughs> um I, I think expecting 
too much from an album like this is a bit silly but they still deliver really unbelievable unbelievably memorable energetic songs unlike iron maiden who sound like they're in a hospice the wild arts still don't really sound like they've been ravaged by time they still sound fast and you know and and proper like you know what i mean they they sound like they're well I, I they put, sound like they, they have the energy the kind of a bit of youthful exuberance yes yeah. that's, that's great yeah they still sound vital as i, as I said mm. before it still sounds like a punch to the gut you know yeah really really good um i mean i don't really know what else there is to say about the entirety of this record that we probably didn't say with renaissance men um well i definitely want to mention sleep away yes um Um, really jangly effervescent guitar pop song uh and mm. then very unexpectedly goes into this rock and roll shuffle midway through which i thought you don't like it oh i thought i I thought rare misstep i thought it was one of the most unexpected and delightful moments on the record i think it works really well because it's just so out of left field um and and then when there's that it's just a sleep away call to arms like group vocal thing at the end of the song that's just fucking fantastic i think it's phenomenal songwriting you know that unexpectedness i mean i suppose you could accuse it of a little being a little bit silly a little bit between the buried and me but i think it actually it doesn't feel like ideas thrown at a wall and seeing what sticks it feels like a really vital part of the song for me i mean they they rarely sound silly and it's quite yeah. brief but i did think you because you brought up the word you, you used the word silly and i was like yeah i don't know i just didn't really i mean i thought that jaunty bit was just it was it was a little overly jarring for me okay but that is probably the that and the opening song are the only things on that record where i was like i'm not sure about this i mean there's a song called a physical exorcism which is great Mm. like punky sneering gang vocal greasy riff when it goes kind of double drum double time drum part on it fucking lovely stuff i i love the wild hearts when they're doing those metallic riffs and uh mm. that th- there's quite a few examples of that on this record there's just a lot of moments where i was making stink face and you don't always make stink face on uh, wild hearts records they don't always chuck the metal stuff in but i fucking love it when they do and mm. I-, I think that's a large part of the reason i prefer this 21st century love song uh Rena- renaissance men i think there's more of that metallic snarl in it and i really like that um, yeah i suppose there is a little bit more i mean it certainly does yeah it does feel like a heavier record overall yeah definitely yeah. i think there's certainly stuff on renaissance men that is pretty chunky oh definitely but, yeah, yeah yeah i'm not saying yeah. there isn't i'm just saying i just think this album has more of it that's all mm. um i think we have Probably to right. mention my head wants me dead don't we because that yeah. is such an incredible song there's a um i mean you could link it to diagnosis i think from mm-hmm. renaissance men there's a there's a few times where i mean ginger a, a brilliant songwriter and he started getting he started to say things about the way that the working class i mean i think he's always kind of been a bit like a working class hero and i think that you know he started to say things about the way that people are treated both in society and by medical professionals and how people aren't looked after in this country and yes my head wants me dead go on you're about to say i've jumped in there but i think uh, yeah it's very again a worthy noble thing that you want to get behind i think it's I, I mean i think this is at least the equal of diagnosis i think actually i probably prefer it it's a multi-part mm. rock opera epic which deals with the same themes as diagnosis i think 
maybe in an even more uplifting way and diagnosis was pretty damn pretty damn uplifting um but that whole like save me save me my head it wants me dead like what a moment with with those choral vocals and stuff and the multi-tracked guitar solo it's just glorious it's instantly become one of my favorite wild heart songs if not maybe even my favorite i think it's really yeah fuck it. it's amazing brilliant. and that bit you just mentioned obviously if you know what ginger goes through yeah in terms of his own which he's very open about in terms yeah. of his own mental health it feels really real oh fuck, again yeah. you know we we spoke about i mean we went back to the kanye review you know the bits that i really responded to were the bits where all the kind of surface stuff sort of dissolves away and you get to see the vulnerability in someone and ginger's brilliant at writing songs that are instant and uplifting and wild and surprising and joyous and effervescent and vital but also revealing kind of everything about himself and his sort of his psyche and um yeah this is another brilliant wild arts record yeah I don't know what else we have to, we, we we can say about it really like I don't you probably listening if you listen to the show regularly you you obviously won't be surprised by this in any way whatsoever you know what I wasn't surprised was I surprised by it I shouldn't be surprised that this is as good as it as it is but in a weird way I was I thought we were going to get another good Wild Hearts record and I don't think this is a good Wild Hearts record I think it's great wild hearts record which is chock full of amazing amazing moments and i mean there's a lot of moments on this record that i feel like the the, the save me saving my head it wants me dead um vocal hook that i was just saying like that you could cry whilst screaming that there's a lot of lines on this record where it feels like someone is crying and screaming at the same time but it's just this amazing purge and there's a weird weird sort of positivity to this record which i don't think other wild hearts albums have had where it's saying things are shit but we can get out of it and and just the manner in which it goes about that is really life-affirming and it, it, it's it's it might be one of my favorite wild hearts records i think it's fucking great I, i've not really thought about it yet but could be top three i i really love it i think it's great it is very very good <clears throat> i can't say I, I i i can't say i was um surprised in any way that i put this on and it was great the thing that surprised me there were a couple of bits where i was like eh, i'm not sure about that mm. Um, okay. that was the only thing that surprised me there were like a couple of bits where I was like oh I'm not so sure about that mm. um, but overall I mean they are they are blips they are brief brief moments yeah. in an otherwise fairly perfect back catalogue I, yeah. I will definitely be seeing them on tour now that I've heard this mm. record like there's nothing's going to stop me with Discharge I believe is it? fuck yeah. that'll be Probably. wicked oh cool I know okay uh, there you go. 21st Century Love Songs by The Wild Arts is out now. Let's talk about our last record before we let you all go. It's actually not been as long as I thought it was going to be, this show, by the way. No, we've done Unless okay. We spend, 
unless we spend an hour talking about Bocassa. Can't see that happening, to be honest. <laughs> Molotov Rocktail by Bocassa is our final record of the week. Uh, the third album from the Norwegian Riff Punkers, the follow-up to 2019's Crimson Riders. Uh, we last saw Bocassa supporting Metallica and Ghost across stadiums in Europe. Bloody hell. That mm. was a thing, wasn't it? It was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, you, did you get there in time to see Picasso? I did. You know, Picasso were good. But when you're going up against Ghost and Metallica, it's going to be very difficult to seem memorable at the end of yeah. that lineup. And, you know, Ghost did seem memorable, although they have a lot more going on than Picasso do. Uh, not even musically, but just all the, all the aesthetics and all that yeah. sort of stuff. I mean... It was an. It was. It was early. When they went they were on very, it very was early. Like half six or something that Bacasa were on, and there was three dudes stood on the sort of front stage part of a in a stadium. Yeah. Quite hard to um, make any kind of impact, I would say, in that point uh, from there. But to be fair to them, they looked like they gave it a fucking good go. They really did, and and I will also say that. Whether that was, um, I'm, I was about to say whether that was a good tour for them to do or not. Of course, it was a good tour for them. It'd be fucking <laughs> silly to to say otherwise. But no. but even even if at times it was hard for them or not, maybe is a better way to put it. Um, I do feel like doing a tour like that can really sort the men from the boys, to use a bit of an outdated um, expression, and. Um, uh, I think yeah what what doesn't kill you makes you stronger and I feel like touring that much to and and trying to win over a crowd every single night can do wonders for you as a band and I have to say I mean you were saying how you weren't surprised um how good the Wild Hearts album was I do wonder if you were surprised at how good this record is because I think Molotov Rocktail is quite easily the best thing Picasso have ever done I think so as well, yeah. Yeah. I do. I think, you know, obviously they had a bit of hype when they first came out due to their association with Lars Ulrich. They went off and did that tour. You know, they they would have been a band that people were looking at kind of early on and being like, oh my God, you know, this is yeah. this is amazing. And I, I always thought they were pretty good. Yes. But the thing is, is that for me, they were one of many um, good Scandi riff heavy punk rock bands absolutely that that is a thing that you know in norway there are a lot of bands who do that from blood command to man the machetes to whoever else you want to kind of chuck out out there all the way up you know from from turbo even going back to like turbo negro and stuff like that they they were good but they were in a crowded field yeah it is a crowded field. i mean we we spoke about danger face Mm. not long before we reviewed the last bocassa album and we were a bit like "Mm, this feels like the the as good as you're going to hear that type of thing done from this place yeah this year and so it proved yeah but i think the thing was bocasso always wrote amazing riffs amazing riffs but a riff is not a song is it absolutely it's a riff it is an element of a song yeah um and i know sorry you deathcore fans but it's not it's not a song it's just a riff. <laughs> um but here we have songs yeah really good ones as well in a really good songs mm. um i mean they do the first proper song is called so long idiots uh it's really good yeah. i mean and it's the chorus i mean they we all know they're going to write good riffs the chorus on that song is fucking great you've got a thrash feeling on pitchforks or us 
and again the chorus which i think is actually quite reminiscent of the wild hearts yeah um definitely it's parallels. Also about, it's also about cancel culture as well i mean it's maybe not going to attract quite as much attention as jail <laughs> um but it's probably more astute <laughs> to be honest probably uh, yeah <laughs> uh it says there's a bit where he says we don't care what you said but we're after your head which i think is um a, a nice little rhyming couplet and they kind of make it sound make it feel more fun than just worthy if you know what i mean and i think that might be a better way a better, a better avenue to travel down if you're going to do a song about that kind of thing personally. yeah i do think that's fair to say of the record as a whole isn't it, it, it this is a fun mm. record um when i saw the name molotov rocktail um as i want to do i did roll my eyes a little bit because i was like oh god really but actually having heard the record a few times i think molotov rocktail really suits what this record is like mm. it, it does actually i think the name really because it is you know 11 very powerful sort of stoner punk tunes sang and performed in a really fun way you know and yeah. i think the key thing which you sort of hinted at already is prior to this record they didn't have very many sort of vocal hooks there were riff hooks and there were riffs where you went yeah that's really really good but it feels like the vocals have really improved tenfold on this record it's it's quite a stark i think it's quite a stark contrast with the last record which which was fine but you didn't yeah. get any sense that the vocalist had you, you got a sense that he did it and he did it well enough but he wasn't like there wasn't much star quality there or anything like that and i'm beginning to see glimpses of star quality in this record yeah. which which based on the previous two records i wasn't even sure if was if that was there or not but now i realize I, oh yeah it is there actually i think you know let's not say that this is the 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 journey is complete oh like no, no, no 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 yeah i mean there's a song called um hereticules i think it's called which is awesome it's got some amazing brass going on and some of the little accoutrements that they put onto this record are brilliant yeah um those choruses are very good yeah. i just wish they would pop in the same way as their riffs pop uh-huh but when you listen to the wild hearts and you hear how fucking soaring those those choruses are alongside the really heavy um guitar parts that yin and yang i mean to go back to alice in chains the doomy the, the, the kind of that balance of the seesaw that doomy those doomy kind of discordant angry sabbathy guitar riffs mixed with those super sweet soaring lilting beautiful harmonies they put together that's what you want and i think their choruses on here are really great i just think they could have elevated them a little bit more i don't think that's a lot to ask i don't think that that's a, a like a soup i don't think that's a like an unrealistic target um i think the courses are good i think there are loads of good courses on them i reckon they could just send them stratospheric i think that's a fair enough thing to say i certainly i, I wanted to mention it because I, I think the jump between crimson riders and this one in terms of the courses is really quite extraordinary um mm. but yeah I, I still think there's a there's a small way to go but they've just i from the last couple of records i didn't think that that's what this band were interested in doing and this has proved me wrong so that's really cool to hear because i do think it really adds to their songwriting quite like in quite a big way you got uh lo and behold it's got a sort of again old school thrash but with a sort of punk rock in its dna sounds like reminds me of a sort of a slower version of anthrax <laughs> But it's also uh, got a trumpet in the background as well, which yeah. I actually thought when I first listened to it, I was like, what's that? I thought it was Bonjour going. <laughs> but 
feed me. Yeah, uh, the title track is dominated by some quite disconnected female vocals. Fuck your band and fuck your hypocrisy. You don't even recognise Chinese democracy. Very good. Yeah. Heavy as fuck as well. Yeah. Bit of a St. Anger style riff at the start of Burn It All, which yeah. is a great riff. That And here's the thing where I was like, wow, they've gone mad. This opening riff of Careless is, I like big butts and I cannot die. Uh. I genuinely thought, it was a cover of Sir Mix-a-Lot at the start. <laughs> like, I honestly did. I was like, oh, my God. I, and I thought, well, that's the sort of mad shit that they might do, mm. these these guys. But it's a good song. Yeah. And then I like it when Shampoo turns. You know Shampoo? Uh-oh. Yeah. We're, we're in, in trouble. trouble. Yeah. That, that, I'm pretty sure that's them on the song as well. <laughs> like you get, It's kind of like Cockney ladies on it. Um, but I was. I was like, fucking hell. That, that is the riff to... That is the start to... I like Big Butts and I Cannot Lie. There fucking we go. Mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it does feel like they can get away with that kind of thing because there's a really good sense of humour that runs through this record, I think. Yeah. But there's also... Um, I mean, it's very typical me to say this because, of course, the, my favourite song on the record is the longest one. But I think um, yeah. Immortal Space Pirate 3, Too Old for This Sith, very good, um, mm. is just kind of shows that they are actually, if they wanted to go into that realm, and they don't have to to be a good band, I don't think, but if they wanted to jump from the Red Fang kind of realm into the Mastodon realm, i.e. just make things a bit proggier and a bit longer and a bit more epic they could do that and it would work because i think immortal space pirates 3 is the best song on this record i think it's fucking great it is great i mean it's eight, nearly eight minutes long so yeah. i know it's a bit of you i mean as if we haven't had enough fucking long songs this week i mean i'm, I'm literally going to just listen to minor threat and nothing else for the rest of my life now. <laughs> i cannot handle any song over two minutes long anymore but this might be the best quote-unquote long song that it might be, yeah 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 saying that be. i mean you know it, it's a slow build mid pace it fucking stomps it's got a great sense of dread that permeates it listen and learn adrian smith <laughs> or yannick gers i think or it's steve harris maybe steve Har- yeah. send this song to steve harris and go there you go never too old to learn how to write a song properly are you <laughs> Yes. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah. some of the Maiden epics would certainly have been better if they had a bit more of the pace and a bit more of the um, mm. moving on to the next section a little bit quicker. Um, but yeah, this is a great, great, great song, a great way to end the record. And yeah, I, I would really be, they, like I say, they don't have to go down that route at all. But I would be curious to hear Bacassa's version of Crack the Sky now, whereas I wouldn't have wanted to hear that at all based on the last two records. Yeah. I mean, I always like the idea of Bocassa, and I think the riffs that they wrote and write uh, were and are always excellent. But I did wonder if they had enough in the way of actual songwriting craft. Yeah. And this is undoubtedly their most cohesive collection of songs. This has proved that and they do have that craft. Yeah, it is. It is. This is a. This is a definitely, definitely their best record. Oh, undoubtedly. Yeah. This is very good. Very very good. Molotov Rocktail by Bacassa then. It is out now. And that's it. That's the end of the show. It wasn't as long as I thought it was going to be. Fine. Um, we'll be back next week. Talking about the Manic Street Preachers. Mm-hmm. Which should be good. Yes. Hope. Yes. Anything else you wanted to add? Um, we're going to have Ash from Sugar Horse on the show next week. That's right. We'll also be reviewing Low, which I need to send to you. Everybody go low, 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 low. What that? That's exactly that how song. it goes. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. We'll be doing that. 
Uh, and that's, that's it. That's a great song, isn't it? Right? Do you yeah. like that song? Yeah, yeah. You got good. them apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. You yeah. like that song? Yeah, great. I love it. Do you know what it is? Yes. Go on, sing it then. Sing the rest of it. Apple jeans, the fur. You just did it. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And the rest. Oh, you. Oh, oh. She lost, you want me she to sing lost the rest? control. Yeah. Yeah. She lost she control. Lost control. Yeah. Next thing you, you don't know it at all, you <laughs> fucking liar. Uh, you can't know what I want about. I want to edit this thing. All right, fair enough. We'll see you next week. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>